0: Are we in
1: Scotland? How oh, can you be ignorant of that?
0: Oh, I'm, I'm dazed and confused. I've been chasing this this wee naked child over hill and over dale. Isn't that right, yeah? Timorous beastie. No, oh, Guy, I've been boot in a boot. No, don't do that. Hoots, mon. No, really don't.
1: Really. Welcome, everybody, to episode 202 of the Metabilis 2 podcast, which features myself, Ben.
0: And I am David, and today we're going to talk about Scotland.
1: Yes! Why are we talking about Scotland? Um, I will tell you that, because I've just come back from Scotland. Uh, <laughs> so that's a gimmick for you. Um, I've been working at a job at um, Balmoral Castle, mm. residence of Her Majesty the Queen, sadly not inhabited by Kung Fu monks or surrounded by (laughs) werewolves. Um, It's just a regular building. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So we thought we would do a podcast about Doctor Who in Scotland.
0: Yeah, and you were staying in, what, the Servants' Quarters of Balmoral, right? I was
1: staying in the Servants' Quarters of Balmoral working on a a sculpture project um, for the Queen, um, which opened yesterday, actually. So um, if you Uh, if anyone who wants to know what's the sort of thing that I do in my real life rather than my Doctor Who life or sorry my my fake life my real life (laughs) is Doctor Who Um, just google Balmoral Castle Salmon School and you will see the amazing sculpture that I have been installing with the artist Joe Rossano highlighting the plight of wild salmon which um, are going extinct and nobody knows that so that's what the sculpture is all about Um, sponsored by the Queen Um, first um Time a work of contemporary art has ever been exhibited at a royal residence. So, very exciting.
0: So, precedent setting. Exactly.
1: That's what we're hoping. That's what we're hoping. Mm.
0: So, what major metropolis is Balmoral nearest in Scotland? Uh, It's not near any major metropolis (laughs) at all. Um, It's Scotland, right? There's no. It's Scotland.
1: (laughs) It's Scotland. There are two major metropoli, one of which is Glasgow, (laughs) the other which is Edinburgh. And then there are a set of smaller towns. Um, no, I'm joking apart. I, I don't want to offend our Scottish listener, Hootsmon. Um, near and near Aberdeen. So it's in the Cairngorms. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually, Tooth and Claw, which you know, features Queen Victoria. Queen Victoria is a weirdly recurring Doctor Who character, um, like Queen Elizabeth First, mm-hmm. The house is, of course, based on Balmoral Castle, where, where I stayed. Um, Balmoral mm-hmm. was the residence of Queen Victoria was bought by her and Prince Albert in uh, 1848 um, and is still a a place where the royal family likes to hang out to this day. Um, I took the train up to Glasgow and then we drove from Glasgow to Balmoral. It's about three, three and a half hour drive. um, Oh. Cancule Mountains.
0: Quite a haul then.
1: Yeah, because of the mountain aspect and also, I guess, the land ownership aspect. There are relatively few roads um, in mm-hmm. the Highlands of Scotland. Basically, there are two ways to get to Balmoral Castle, um, and we took one of the ways.
0: I'm guessing one is by air and one is by road. Um, there, there are two
1: roads. Oh, okay. Two roads that go in there. Um, uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, we, we, you can actually fly to Aberdeen. And then Aberdeen is is about an hour and a bit drive um, to Balmoral, but it's a really tiny airport and kind of expensive. It's um, the Aberdeen is the kind of oil town of Scotland for North Sea Mm -hmm. oil, um, even though that's kind of declining industry now. So anyway,
0: isn't that where the doctor left sarah jane too in aberdeen i oh yeah oh no was it was aberdeen or was it in Uh i think it was aberdeen it's aberdeen there you go you yeah. see i um, scotland <laughs>
1: runs through <laughs> runs through a doctor who like a uh, uh like uh like the word uh a scotland in a piece of brighton rock um <laughs> so which is which is uh, which actually the funny thing the the more i thought about this um, mm-hmm. The more it's kind of weird that there is so much Doctor Who, so much Scotland in Doctor Who, basically. Um, I think, apart from um, obviously southern England or maybe London mm-hmm. slash London, um, it's probably the home, the part, home counties. <laughs> it's probably the part of the British Isles that I think is most common um, story wise, character wise. Yeah. And uh, I mean, I guess also, um, interestingly, the kind of actor producer wise as well, which is you know, kind of interesting.
0: So, do you want to touch upon the stories? I guess I'm thinking the first Scottish story was the Highlanders. Do you did do you have any that took place before the Highlanders in your recollection?
1: I do not have any that took place before the Highlanders, and of course, the Highlanders is interesting. Obviously, it's one of the um, one of the last, or is it the last pure historical?
0: I think it is, the last pure historical, and it's uh, Troughton's second story, so basically the original run of Doctor Who was bereft of Scotland, and then wham, bam, the second story, we get the Highlanders and the Battle of Culloden. Which is is kind of interesting,
1: because at at
0: that time, again, you
1: know, someone had uh, our listeners is bound to write in and, and correct me um but um <laughs> in the mid sixties Culloden, the Battle of Culloden, which was the um mm-hmm. the kind of end of an independent Scotland right. um, and also the end of basically it was the last battle of the of the English civil war the british um uh you know, which started started in the mid mid sixteen hundreds it was kind of having a moment in the mid sixties there was a book written by a man called John Preble called Culloden, which mm-hmm. was about seventeen forty five and the Second Jacobite Uprising, when the Scottish clans in the highlands of Scotland um, got... I mean, they actually got uh, down as far as Derby in terms of invading Britain, and then the English army was sent up um, and basically annihilated the clans at Culloden, and then that started the highland clearances, um, which is how Mm -hmm. we get what we think of as Scotland today as a kind of largely uninhabited wilderness of course before the clearances it was quite densely populated by clans um, and culloden was the was the kind of the turning point the kind of ending point of that and the reason i say it's the kind of last battle of the civil war the kind of extensive reason for the uh, the jacobite rebellion in 1745 was to return bonnie prince charlie who's a frenchman Mm-hmm. The last surviving claim to the British throne, left over from uh, the uh, Civil War in the previous century, um, and uh, from the execution of Charles I. Bonnie Prince Charlie was a Stuart. Charles I was a Stuart, and he was the last Stuart.
0: Right claimant
1: to the throne called the Jacobite Rebellion um, because it was again um, there was the uh, was James II who was another Stuart. He was deposed in the Glorious Revolution, I think, sixteen eighty eight. Um, so uh, yeah, it's a, it's a really interesting piece of history. There was a there's a very famous movie called Collagen made by a, a filmmaker called uh, Peter Watkins, um, which kind of uh, is a is a kind of very
0: innovative. Did um, did that come out before the Highlanders in '66? Then yeah. So the Doctor Who production team just kind of captured the zeitgeist. It seems
1: well so Watkins movie was in sixty four, um, mm-hmm. but it was it was it was a, there was a weird kind of zeitgeist, um about seventeen forty five slash forty six. Um Watkins movie's a kind of a handheld sort of um newsreel style movie, um which kind of draws uh comparisons between the Battle of Culloden and what was beginning to occur in Vietnam mm-hmm. um, which kind of makes it but um well worth well worth seeking out if you're interested in Kind of uh, radical uh, political British filmmaking of the 1960s. Um, The 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 Watkins is, I think, probably most famous for his movie The War Games. Um, uh, Sorry, uh, The War Game, (laughs) um, which which was a which was a which again, uh, I think might might have resonance with um, with Doctor Who fans. um, Which was famously was a movie that was banned by the BBC. It It was commissioned by the BBC. And it was again a kind of a newsreel uh, style uh, quasi documentary about a nuclear attack on Britain, um, and it was deemed to be so horrific, frightening, yeah. and disturbing um, that it was banned. I don't think it was shown until the until the mid eighties. Mm.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Anyway, so there you go. Um, that's a little bit of kind of slightly garbled uh, history of the Battle of the Culloden Highlanders and the nineteen sixties. Mm-hmm. But yes, it was it was having a weird a weird moment, and Doctor Who, of course, is very very good at picking up on what's going on and there Mm -hmm. we get the highlanders and of course then we we get jamie um which you know the the i think the longest is he the longest running companion or has that been taken over by clara now
0: i'm certainly the longest a male companion
1: there you go longest running male companion there you
0: go Mm -hmm. we can be safe to say that
1: (laughs) yeah i mean you're a um you're a trout you're a trout fan Um, yeah where does the highlanders sit in your trout pantheon of great trout stories it's low i'm guessing
0: <laughs> it's 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 middling it's one that i had trouble with because of the soundtrack it wasn't until i gave it a second listen much later that i i found things to kind of key off of And mostly it's annika will's performance as okay. Polly that she really shines uh going against Eldrina and finch <laughs> finch in in the story. But when I first heard it, I stopped buying the narrated soundtracks for a while because it was a really hard story to follow. Really, And I think I went and got the uh, novelization just to kind of make sense of it because I struggled with the Highlanders. And I can see why the production team kind of put the pure historicals on the shelf because it's a hard story to really get uh, there's no hook, right? There's no right. Daleks. There's no monster. Uh, it's it's history. It's trying to be historically accurate. It's dealing with prisoners being sold off to slavery in the American colonies and the Caribbean. You know, Troughton isn't fully realized in his incarnation of the doctor. He's trying on funny German accents. And so it, it doesn't really uh, sit high. In what I think of for Patrick Troughton is dealing with the evils of the universe, monsters. It's it's kind of the last, uh, like you said, the last detour into pure history, right? Right. So, right. and it's a it's a history as an American who heard it first in the early two thousands that. I didn't really know much about Culloden, and still really, it didn't, unlike other things that would pique my interest and go make me hit the encyclopedia or Wikipedia or something, this just never, never really did. So it's, um, I think, I think the Highlanders and Scotland in the U.S. has been kind of co-opted in some ways by uh, white supremacists. Oh really? And so it has to do with the clearances and the Scots being deported or being sent to the colonies, and they yeah. settled in the Appalachia, and so right. you right. get a lot of that culture. But uh, bleh, I'm rambling. I'm out of my uh, out of my at area your, of knowledge. Out of your
1: comfort zone. Yes, that's why I think I mean, we'll maybe close the loop on this one. I mean, I think that that that's one of the super interesting things about the Highland clearances is that. A lot of people go to Canada, a lot of people go to the Caribbean, but there's a Mm -hmm. huge number that go to uh, the southern United States, Mm -hmm. and some of the cliches about the southern United States, I don't know, um, red hair, um, whiskey, um, (laughs) a lot of that comes from the Scots, Scots Scots-Irish, who were the sort of original plantation settlers in the southern U.S., I mean, even down to um, I, yeah, this this isn't an original observation and may not be actually correct, but the idea of a redneck in that someone who works in the fields bending over um, has got a sunburnt neck, and right. you get sunburn on your neck when you have pale skin, when you have red hair. Those are Scots, basically. So it's 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 um, it's kind of interesting, and I think you're right. You know, the clans of Scotland as a white tribe who were cruelly treated. That is, you know, obviously a a, a nice touchstone for people who like to think that white people are oppressed so that's kind of mm-hmm. interesting um but the next i think as far as i'm recording though you'll you'll probably correct me um the next fully scottish story is zygons right
0: yeah but before we go there i want to just oh. take a brief detour with the web of fear well then we
1: are landing aren't we let's
0: help with someone's lesson hey might you be stolen? no the scanner that'll tell us because it introduces probably oh, the, the famous scott the most important or maybe the second most important it's debatable if jamie is more important than brigadier i think the brigadier would be more important but the colonel lethbridge stewart yeah colonel alistair gordon lethbridge stewart uh brigadier now i've gone up in the world yeah and he wasn't initially going to be Scottish, which was the thing that just kind of bowled me over when I was doing a little background reading on uh, Scotland for Doctor Who. Interesting.
1: What was, was he just going to be a regular Englishman to start with?
0: He's going to be Colonel Lethbridge, which I'm assuming is an English-type English name.
1: Uh, that is, but of course, as we've just talked about, you add Stuart to mm-hmm. it, and you, you instantly make it Scottish.
0: I'm going to read from Shannon Sullivan's uh, Doctor Who website and it's uh, one character um, that Douglas Camfield thought had a lot of potential as Colonel Lethbridge. The director felt that Lethbridge was akin to Lieutenant Colonel Colin Campbell Mitchell, whose leadership of the Argyle and the Sutherland Highlanders during the 1967 Uprising or Aden, now part of Yemen, had earned him the nickname Mad Mitch. Camfield duly revised the character's surname to be Lethbridge Stewart, indicating a scottish heritage so it's uh, down to douglas Canfield that gave the brigadier his scottishness
1: you know i'm not familiar i mean i'm ve- i mean obviously i'm aware of aiden um yeah i'm not mm-hmm. I'm, mad Witch is not a historical character i'm that familiar with at all
0: yeah so it, it's kind of interesting that the battle of aiden is kind of seen as the last battle of the british empire and camfield i think is a, a little more uh uh, right wing on the spectrum politically, and uh, certainly with a British army background and stuff. So right. in '67, with uh, Mitchell getting prominent. Uh, coverage in the news
1: colonel mitchell you actually led the attack to take crater what what were the reasons for retaking crater? it has come as a great surprise well uh, you know purely as a soldier the, the reasons were that the whole prestige of the army depended on going back in obviously you know we were thrown out truth known, and knowing uh, and we had to go back in but you were taking a gamble Very much there, say, there, yes. there would be heavy fighting and heavy yes. casualties oh, we went in prepared for it yeah
0: I think modeling Colonel Lethbridge Stewart off of Colin Mitchell probably hasn't been explored in fandom research that I can see beyond that mention and um, how the brigadier became Scottish. Yeah, Even just that first initial depiction of him, when I see uh, Mitchell... In news footage of the BBC or or, um, newspaper photos, he has that Glengarry cap that the Brigadier or that Colonel Lethbridge Stewart has in the Web of Fear on that I think it's a very direct styling after uh, Mad Mitch. So it's something we don't really um, connect with often that the Brigadier really is. Probably an uh, Argyle or a Southern, you know, Sunderland Highlander or whatever his regiment was.
1: I think the regiment in Weber Fierce, he's a colonel in the Scots Guards. Okay. And the Scots Guards originated as a guard detachment for Charles I, um, Charles Stuart, mm-hmm. who was, again, the king who was de- deposed and executed in the Civil War and by uh, sort of direct. Lineage led to the 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 the, the forty five forty six um, rebellion that forms the storyline of the of uh, the Highlanders. So it sort of all all connects together. I mean, again, I, th- I think one of the fascinating kind of British things about Colonel Ethelred Stewart is you know he's not Scottish. Um, he doesn't have a Scottish accent. He has a you know a very upper class British accent, mm-hmm. English accent. And Scots of that kind are the kind of you know the ruling class of Scotland. Uh, if you go up to Scotland and you hang out with posh people, um, they all have English accents. They don't have Scottish accents. Mm. Um, so I think the connection with with Aden and Mad Mitch is something I'm going to have to look up. Um, that's very interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, the war in Aden. Um, Aden is at the Yemen is is at the tip of Arabia, right. and it was uh, one of the kind of supply ports. For the route to India through the Suez Canal, Hmm. Um, so the communist rebellion in Aden that was put down by the British because Aden was still a colony in the 60s um, was about preserving trade routes to India. It was about the British Empire. Mm -hmm. Um, So it is. It was the kind of one of the very last gasps of uh, of kind of imperial Britain.
0: Yeah. So an interesting. Injection of contemporary Scottish, uh, a a Scotsman in the news basically into Doctor Who and it captures again uh, 1967 the pulse of the nation effectively by making Lethbridge Stewart Scottish. But now going into uh, Terror of the Zygons, we see Tom Baker, as the doctor, step out of the TARDIS wearing kind of, it's a, another Douglas Camfield-directed story, uh, wearing the Glengarry cap, effectively linking the web of fear <laughs> with the Terror of the Zygons.
1: Well, in Scotland. How do you know? Because I'm dressed for it. No, I've just set the coordinates.
0: Ah, Never.
1: Now, I wonder why the brigadiers brought us to Scotland.
0: And where is he? Instead of Colonel Lethbridge Stewart wearing the Glengarry... It's the doctor. Uh, the doctor wears it. So it, it really is a nice connection of Scottishness through Douglas Camfield, who I don't think was a, a Scotsman. I think he was an Englishman. You know
1: what? Actually, uh, no, look on Wikipedia. He was actually born in India. Yeah, part of the empire. He is a product of empire. I mean, that, in this this era of kind of you know british history you'll find a lot of people who uh, you're surprised when you look at their biographies they were born in india um, mm-hmm. and i mean just to again kind of kind of on this theme a bit i mean and that i think unfortunately this also kind of fits into our comments about you know white supremacy scots are seen to be in some quarters, you yeah, know, they're they're kind of honored for their warlike abilities. Mm-hmm. And I think this again kind of flows from the Highlanders and from the forty five, forty six rebellion in the eighteenth century. Um they're kind of great soldiers, they're kind of warlike, they are loyal and etc, etc, etc. The uh you know, the kind of regiments in the British Army, the kind of you know, the Scots are the sort of, you know, they're kind of killers. Mm-hmm. You know, there's stories in World War I about you ever being surprised when your know, Scots turn up and they're all wearing kilts. Mm-hmm. I mean, this, this all fits into, you know, this kind of fits into Canfield and quite quite neatly, I think. Yeah,
0: and it was prominent throughout the 80s and 1980s and 1990s, too. You have Highlander, the film with uh, Connor McLeod, played by uh, um Frenchman, Christopher Lambert. <laughs> Lambert. Lambert, Lambert. and um, I'm thinking Braveheart, the Mel Gibson movie, and uh, so this is this is really um, I I don't. It's a it's it's a cultural identity that keeps getting uh, um, perpetuated through film and media.
1: And Braveheart, you know, is is huge with right wing people as a as a movie, and of course, you know, Gibson himself is notoriously. Far right in his views, um, even though, of course, Braveheart is absolute nonsense in terms of history. It's a touchstone for people who think they're being oppressed Mm -hmm. um, when they aren't really being oppressed. Uh, People who wish they were oppressed (laughs) um, and therefore are inventing more and more Baroque ways to express their pretend oppression.
0: So going back to uh, Terror of the Zygons, I think uh, we're not doing – I guess we have that dichotomy of the posh English-speaking – uh Scotsman where we have uh John Woodruff who plays uh the uh duke and then we have uh Angus Lenny who plays Angus of course the innkeeper who's all about second sight and the st- superstitious Scotsman and speaks with a more th- more thick right. thick accent uh the duke of forgill uh John Woodnet's character has kind of a scottish uh, a slight uh lilt to his voice but he's certainly more posh sounding in it so we have that class dichotomy in uh, terror of the zygons right, right
1: but of course i mean terror of zygons again notoriously not filmed anywhere near scotland and um, it's all filmed no um, it's all filmed in southern england mm-hmm. because um well, obviously they're not going to go up to scotland
0: expense yeah. and again doctor who i think captures the pulse of culture because the loch ness monster was Pretty much in the news, there's a lot of monster hunters um, trying to take advantage of uh, advances in sonar and underwater photography, all these cryptozoological research missions to try to prove that uh, the Loch Ness Monster was a thing, that Nessie was real. And there's lots of books coming out in the 1970s that were positing different theories of what the monster actually was
1: yeah oh and of course doctor who always can manage to land slap bang middle of the zeitgeist um yeah. but the the other thing of course that's going on in the 1970s is north sea oil um mm. which is the kind mm-hmm. of oil boom um in scotland and aberdeen being the kind of dallas of the uk kind of slap bang in the in the, in the middle there we're on what the oil men call a drilling rig and this one's even got a name like a ship. It's called the Dundee Kings North. And it's working right out here in the middle of the North Sea. And um, uh, yeah, I mean, I can remember, I can remember, you know, the Loch Ness Monster was huge in the 1970s. And it's a thing we don't really talk about anymore. That, um, I mean, I yeah. don't think, I mean, obviously, you know, people who are obsessed with kind of crypto um, uh, uh, zoology, which of course is nonsense i'm <laughs> um, still talk about the loch ness monster but um it's not real yeah people
0: yeah 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 so to me it looks scottish when i first saw it now i if i was looking at it it doesn't it doesn't make a lot of geographic sense <laughs> i mean it's pretty good there, there, i mean there's no highlands and you would expect to see the mountains there's no vistas around loch ness yes
1: I think the kind of land texture is relatively accurate. But, you know, yes. I mean, you would expect at some point for the camera to pull back and reveal a bunch of mountains Mm -hmm. um, if it actually was in Scotland. But it doesn't because it's it's in Sussex.
0: Yeah. Terror of the Zygons was written by a Scotsman, Robert Banks Stewart. Stewart again, there you go. And he put in a lot of, I think, Scottish stereotypes in there with the innkeeper. You have the caber who's a big burly Scotsman with a beard. You have Sister Lament, kind of the uh, creepy nurse, I think as a shorthand to kind of fill in character for the story because what it does as a one-off monster story, it does really well. The humans are probably less well-realized, but they're more ancillary to the monster story and where Robert Banks Stewart kind of falls on shorthand is what often bob holmes would do is he, we'd have the stereotype of these uh people
1: yeah and of course i mean doctor who loves loves national stereotypes um mm-hmm. and as you said it's it's a shorthand to kind of establish a a place where things are happening
0: yeah then our next story do we have another scottish story in in the uh classic era
1: um, I don't think we do, uh, uh, or, or are you going to suddenly reveal one that I'd forgotten?
0: No, I think it's not until we get Tooth and Claw in uh, tenant's second season that we're back in Scotland.
1: We are back in Scotland. Of course, all of the all of the, you know vast majority of the New Who is filmed in Wales, um, which is a better stand-in for Scotland. When we meet our Tardis team of um, um, the Tenth Doctor and Rose on the moorlands, that looks a lot more like Scotland. Than Sussex did mm-hmm. in the um, in the Zygons, and again, as I said, we're we're right into a big pile of Scottish cliches. In that we're we we here we are with Queen Victoria, and she's on holiday in the Highlands of Scotland, which is mm-hmm. exactly what she used to do on a regular basis.
0: I guess the interesting thing for me is Tennant doing his native accent. We kind of skipped over McCoy, who's the first Scottish doctor, and he definitely had a. Uh, rolled as ours and had a lilt to his voice but tenant the uh, rtd wanted him to play it uh, english
1: i think the phrase was lose the scotch
0: yeah so tenant second scottish doctor but doesn't come across as a scotsman and he doesn't really even put on an accent when he's speaking to the queen or something He he's playing it in his doctor voice yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and he kind of tells uh rose uh, lay off the a boots and archives <laughs> and stuff so.
1: yeah i mean tenet i mean to tenet's original name i mean before he changed to tenet was uh, david macdonald which is you know you couldn't get mm-hmm. couldn't get a lot more scott than that and you know he's a uh, he's very scottish sounding but then of course he's good at accents so i mm-hmm. mean it's, uh, to me it's incredibly impressive um that someone who you know speaks a you know, kind of broad scottish accent is able to be so consistently English in a role. Mm -hmm. I'm sure he might find it really easy, but um, I find it deeply impressive. Um, I would find it really, really hard to... um, I mean, I think it's fine if you're a character actor, if you're kind of a side part of some kind, but, Mm -hmm. but to be the main actor in a reasonably demanding drama with a lot of psychobabble babble and know psycho you know techno babble you know, and running around and exposition to always do that in an English voice. I take my hat off to David for that.
0: Yeah, the the times that he did be in his uh, natural voice or his own accent seems pretty relaxed in tooth and claw. And I think this is the only place where he was allowed to be himself or speak like himself in his run. And In some ways, I think, well, in a lot of ways, I think it's a a shame that he had to lose the scotch.
1: Yeah. He could have had another proud Scottish doctor.
0: Yeah, it's jumping ahead. It's interesting that when we have a showrunner who's not a Welshman, (laughs) we have a Scotsman, Stephen Moffat, that Capaldi was able to retain his Scottishness or the scotch in his voice. Yes.
1: And before Doctor Who, uh, Capaldi was best known for the thick of it, where he was, you know, a definite evil Scotsman. And uh, that voice, I mean, that voice and that character presentation was so was so strong that I mean, I think I think he was so well known for being Scottish. um, I think it would have been weird if Peter Capaldi had been speaking with a, with an English accent. I mean, I don't have any doubt that Capaldi can do English just as good as any other Scots actor, but it would have been very odd. I am Scottish, and I've gone Scottish. Oh, yes, you are. You are definitely Scots, sir. I, I, I hear it in your voice. Oh, no, that's good. Oh. Oh. It's good, I'm Scottish. I'm Scottish. I am Scottish. Complain about things. I can really complain about things now. Give me your coat. Um, because be like, why is um, Malcolm Tucker from The Thick of It suddenly <laughs> speaking like um, you know Prince Charles? Um, that would be weird. Don't ever fucking English again. So um, that kind of makes sense to me. And then again, as you pointed out, Moffat is Scottish um and you know unlike the welsh rtd would go well you know you're scottish you should speak like a scot yeah but he only gets one scottish story right uh eaters
0: of light right
1: exactly yeah 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 uh, i mean they don't they don't send <laughs> any
0: and speaking to romans he's it's very <laughs> 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 and i, I guess in picks wasn't yes, it? yes
1: romans and pics so yeah we're not we're not um you know we don't um we don't really go to scotland that much um but i suppose when we do go to scotland and eaters of light it's uh it's a pretty foundational Scottish story with the Eagle of the Ninth and all that kind of malarkey. Mm-hmm. As, um, as I think everybody knows now, because we've all watched Eaters of Light, the Romans didn't stop a Hadrian's Wall. They went all the way up into the highlands of Scotland. And um, from time to time, they got stomped on. Mm-hmm. Um, the famous Ninth Legion, which vanished. You know, true story. No one knows what happened to them. Presumably, they were just annihilated by the Picts right. rather than you know had an encounter with mysterious aliens. <laughs> um, it's a nice foundation for a pretty good. Um, I think we both agreed there was a pretty good Doctor Who adventure. Yeah, yeah. And um, written, of course, by a Scots writer, um, Ronan Monroe. Monroe, Scottish.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think Leaders of Light* gets not as much praise as it should because it was the calm before the season-ending storm, and it gets kind of swept away. It just doesn't have the same impact as uh, *The Doctor Falls* and *The World Enough and yeah, Time*. Yeah, no, agreed, agreed.
1: Which are you know absolutely stunning. Yep episodes um you know with uh, you know very very strong um effects on the return of the master you know the death of a companion blah 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 mm-hmm. so it, it, yes as you accurately pointed out that overshadows eaters of light which is a shame it's mm-hmm. a good um it's a good story
0: the scottishness certainly increased significantly under moffat's reign just casting karen gillam as amelia pond amy Pond. And I think the Scottishness was emphasized for her character quite a bit, just uh, with her temperament, having been a redhead or a ginger, if you will, <laughs> and being Scottish. You sound Scottish. I am Scottish. What's wrong with that? Scotland's got to be here somewhere. No, they wanted their own ship. Hmm. Good for them. Nothing changes. And it came across with her relationship with Rory. You're so Scottish. <laughs> And the doctor throughout that the Scottishness was uh, a definite character trait for Amy Pond.
1: Yeah, and again, you know, it's a it's a useful um, you know ethnicity certainly in Doctor Who, and I think in a lot of drama, you know, it's a useful piece of character. Okay, who who are you? Um, Okay, you're Scottish, right? If you're Scottish, then you're like this: Mm -hmm. you're fiery, you're you know, impulsive, um, you're loyal. Um, all the things that we think about Jamie and, you know, in some yeah. ways we also think about Amy Pond as well, so. Yeah. And I guess, yeah. you know, Amy Pond is sexy in a way that that, um, that Jamie is as well, so, you know.
0: They it's... both look good in skirts, or kilts. They both look, <laughs> both look good in skirts, exactly, exactly. Don't you think it's a bit... A bit
1: short? Oh, I shouldn't worry about that. Uh, look at Jamie's.
0: Hey, I'll have you know... The... Oh, why? But just, uh, just like uh, with Capaldi uh, in Deep Breath, I think the scene where Clara is taking the phone call from the Matt Smith Doctor is set in Glasgow, for, for example. So I think Moffat at that point, or at that point in the Doctor Who production, they could actually go to Scotland to film at least a scene with the TARDIS or something. So it, it could have been any town where uh, Moffat filmed. right? But he he chose, chose a junket up to Scotland for a, a scene that could have been filmed anywhere
1: right. right 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 exactly and
0: just like earlier when Strax in the name of the doctor is fighting somewhere in Glasgow in a pub brawl uh, Moffat playing off uh, uh, again a cultural stereotype for right. for a bit of a laugh and that uh, Strax uh, Santarin can fit in well with a uh, bull headed uh, Scotsman
1: sorry Archie I'm going to have to ask you to render me unconscious. Fine. Better use this. It might take a while. <laughs> yeah. Which, of course, I mean, you know, I spent uh, the last of working on this job in Scotland for the last nine months or so. Um, Saturday night in Glasgow. It's, it's uh, yeah, there are fights. <laughs> There's a lot of drunk people around, um, which is, I think, true of a lot of, a lot of downtowns. Yeah. Um, across across the world, um, but I suppose again, you know, we are dipping into stereotypes to quickly establish establish bits of character
0: for a bit of a laugh. With Moffat, he plays Scottishness up for laughs. I think the uh, Matt Smith doctor says something uh, sarcastically to Amy Pond about uh, Scots will just boil something or fry something. Culinary humor. What is it? What's wrong with you? Wrong with me? It's not my fault. Why can't you give me any decent food? You're Scottish. Fry something.
1: Yeah, Scottish food again, deep fried things, famous originators of the deep fried Mars bar, um, <laughs> has, its, has its origin in Scotland, um, which is a, is a deep fried food. I think it's only topped by the, again, famous Minnesotan deep fried stick of butter um, at, the, uh, at the Minnesota State Fair, um, which I think is more of a joke than an actual food stuff, Whereas like deep fried Mars bars, bars
0: are an actual thing. I think in Minnesota they do deep fried cheese curds too. Uh yeah. That might be a Wisconsin yeah. import. I d I don't know. But uh That's yeah. Quite, deep frying is a Scottish thing. Did the the Scots invent chips?
1: Um they didn't invent <laughs> chips, but fish and chips, very, very strong. Um very, very strong food stuff and also deliciously made in Scotland. Um hag is of course famous in Scotland as a as a delicious food. So yeah, no, it's um, In
0: in the in the chippy in Minneapolis that uh I went too with you and your lovely wife. That was a Scottish chippy. That's was an it? Irish. That's an Irish, Irish one. chippy. Okay.
1: Irish uh, chipper is what they call it in in, in Ireland. For some reason, uh. best known to themselves. But yeah. yeah. Anyways,
0: we're getting off topic. Getting,
1: <laughs> getting off topic. Um, which I mean, I think it's, it's as I said. I mean, the, the Scottishness as something that's represented, um, and I think maybe, probably, um, uh, you know, in New in Who there is a, in a kind of an interesting. Um, yeah you know, basically you know, new who it's 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 when there's a landscape in new who it's it's wales that we're in right, um, right because that's where it's made very similar to you know i guess you know when there's a landscape in classic who it's southern england because um, that's where <laughs> it's made right. so you have there's a strong welshness to contemporary doctor who but i think like classic who it's 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 scotland that is the most that apart from englishness is the most common british your know, ethnicity
0: that's represented. Do you think that's because it's potentially more internationally recognised?
1: Yeah, I mean, I suppose the most internationally the most recognisable British Isles cultural stereotype is Irish. But you know, of course, within the UK, culturally stereotyping the Irish is difficult, thanks to the Troubles. I'm um, always kind of amazed by things like St Patrick's Day and uh, you know the mascot of the Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. Um, Fighting Irish Uh, is is football. Is a football team, which yeah, you you couldn't do that, Um, Mm Bryn. That's basically racist. That logo is is analogous to the Native American logos that have been thankfully gotten rid of from from um, from British sports teams. Um, So you can't do a lot of cultural stereotyping of the Irish in a way that's recognisable internationally because you know that just it's just it's just not right. Mm -hmm. Um, So I mean, I think in some ways, then you just default to Scotland. Um, where you know the war of oppression and assimilation, you know, happened a very long time ago. We're back to 1745, 46 again. Um, so it's more acceptable to kind of stereotype the Scots.
0: And I think Moffat gets away with it being Scottish. I think that's why the humor around Amy Pond and her Scottishness works much better. It's from a personal experience level. So Stephen Moffat television writer of some (laughs) repute and where did you grow up i grew up in paisley in paisley just Just, just down the road from myself (laughs) that's right (laughs) it seems more laughing at his own scottishness than anything else
1: yeah i think that's a fair analysis yeah Mm -hmm. and you know he doesn't shy away from making fun of stereotypes Mm -hmm. it's something Mm -hmm. that he likes and um feels that he's good at
0: and then Casting Michelle Gomez, another uh, Scotswoman, as uh, the foil to Capaldi's Doctor as Missy or the Master uh, really, I think, doubles down on the Scottishness in uh, Moffat's final two seasons as showrunner. It's
1: Scott versus Scott.
0: She certainly held her own against the Doctor. I think they were well, well matched and it was a good casting decision.
1: I hadn't written the part yet. I was still fretting over who could play it and what would they be like. And Michelle Gomez is someone I've known for years. And I saw her on the list for another part in this series. And I thought, oh my God, it's her. It's her. That's who she'd be playing, Missy. That's the perfect person.
0: She's brilliant. As Capaldi kept his own accent, Gomez keeps her own accent too. So she works great as Missy as the foil to the Doctor.
1: Yeah, no, it's a nice pairing. Um I mean I you know, I I'm kind of a little, a little bit ambivalent, um, about Gomez. And I think we've talked to her before, mainly because of the Mary Poppins aspect to it. I'm like really Yeah. Mary well that's Poppins an English
0: is. stereotype. Yeah, <laughs> yeah,
1: exactly. And I'm I'm um it's a cultural stereotype, I don't care. Say <laughs> something. But no. it's a good pairing. It's a good good oppositional mm-hmm. pairing, Scott versus Scott.
0: I think I mean aside from casual settings like with uh, Under the Lake Before the Flood which is set in some place in Scotland there's not much more Scottish detours once you get beyond Eaters of Light uh, certainly in the Whitaker era other than King James King James
1: Your Majesty
0: You may prostrate yourselves before me
1: God's chosen ruler and Satan's greatest foe come to vanquish the scourge of witchcraft across the land forgive the mask i have enemies everywhere and have to travel incognito also i rather like the drama
0: (laughs) 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 who is uh, uh well the first scottish king of england i guess
1: yeah, when Queen Elizabeth died, um there wasn't anyone to be king, so they had to send to Scotland. Yeah. And um King James, I think again we've talked about this um in yeah, uh, Witchfinders. Uh, yeah, was a, a deeply weird man, as as ably played by Scotsman Alan Cumming, who <laughs> definitely <laughs> likes to play weird. Perfectly to that.
0: But uh made it made it an enjoyable watch. The Scots do brilliantly in England. They really do. I mean I, I don't know why. Why the english put up with us from that point of view because we we seem to
1: get all the main jobs and we've got what three doctor whos are scottish i mean come on that's an unreasonable number
0: um, um overall scotland has left a pretty impressive footprint on doctor who for a show that's uh, terribly english at times i guess
1: <laughs> yeah you know it's a very english show but this has been an interesting podcast to think about and record because there are really, really kind of interesting through lines um, about Scotland in Doctor Who, which I think are very um, illuminating in some ways and complex and mm-hmm. uh, kind of worth thinking about. Um, I yeah. have kind of sort of exercised my brain maybe a little bit more <laughs> <laughs> than I would care to at 8 o'clock in the morning. Yes. And you at 12 o'clock at night. Um,
0: Time zone in differentials. <laughs>
1: but I mean, again... The reason why we like this show is there's always something new to find out, mm-hmm. and there's a whole there's a whole web page that could be developed about Scotland and Doctor Who. In my opinion, yeah, yeah. a doctoral thesis, a doctoral <laughs> thesis on, on Scotland, <laughs> Scotland in Who, and Who in Scotland.
0: And who gets to keep their Scottish accent and who doesn't? And I think it's probably the trend in British television that people can use their own natural accent more and more rather than uh, receive pronunciation. Barrowman, I think, is another Scotsman who plays with an English English accent. So I think it's probably an indication of how much television itself has changed in the British Isles from the two thousand four time frame to the end of the twenty tens.
1: Yeah, yeah, I suppose so. Yeah. Which is weird to me because you know, New Who, which is is now old who, really, for a lot of yeah. people. Uh-huh. Um which makes me feel old as well.
0: <laughs> ancient Who.
1: Ancient Who, there you go. <laughs> Classic Who, Ancient Who. Yeah, we're just, yeah, we dinosaurs. We're Silurian Silurian <laughs> people. <laughs>
0: do 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 do, do. <laughs> <laughs>
1: staggering through the caves um cool. okay that's scotland and doctor that's who that's scotland there you go we've done in it a, in a nutshell in a nutshell um there you go loch oh, <laughs> oh, the
0: new so what would be the next scottish <laughs> topic if uh, doctor who is going to touch on for story ideas or something that's just begging <laughs> begging for the doctor who explanation or treatment
1: oh goodness um culloden, werewolves um, Loch Ness Monster, um, The Eagle of the Ninth. Um I can't really think of any of them. <laughs> Golf. I don't know. Golfing. Golf. Donald Trump and golf. <laughs> um, well, we
0: had uh, the Arachnids in the UK. It could have been the Arachnids of Edinburgh and uh, been all about golfing there. But uh, Yeah, uh, true, true, true. <laughs> Chibnall isn't Scottish, so if it was Moffat, it would have been set in Edinburgh.
1: Yeah, yeah, I, I'm not sure. There's a I'm not sure there's a Scottish topic that would really attract Chibnall at this point. And I suppose you know when RTD takes over, we'll straight we're straight back down to Wales again.
0: Yeah. Well, who knows with uh, the Sony backing? You know, with Bad Wolf, you think uh, could be anyway? Yeah, back in Dubai or wherever. <laughs> <laughs> The more sand stories we need more sand more sand, More desert more
1: more yeah 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 more tattooine style stories um no i can't think of anything that is scottish that's begging out to be huified at this point but you know who knows mm-hmm. um maybe they'll pick another scotsman as the new doctor who knows
0: any prominent actors or actresses that spring to mind for the next doctor who's scots um
1: no i think <laughs> i, th- I th- I think speculating on who the new who the new Doctor who is is absolutely fruitless.
0: It's going to be Matthew Barry. It's going to be Matthew Barry. It was leaked today. We recorded straddling the April 1st timeline. April 1st, well, I guess we're on April 2nd now. But uh, Rob Ritchie came out with an excellent, excellent trailer for the Matthew Barry era of, uh, Matt Barry era of Doctor Who. It's called a TARDIS, which stands for Time and Relation. You know what? I ain't got time for this, Jive. It's massive in here. Just take my word. Doctor, can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you, Javros.
1: Doctor Who played by Stephen Toast. Toast
0: of Gallifrey.
1: Toast of Gallifrey, exactly. Exactly. With Ray Bloody Purchase as the master. Well, well, well. Well, well, well. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, God. Uh, yeah, well, I, yeah, right. I mean, yes, excellent. Um, if our listeners not watch Toast of London please do watch Toast of London because there's lots of Doctor Who in Toast of London.
0: Indeed there is. So I think Uh, that wraps us up here for the 202nd episode of the Metabulous 2 podcast. Thank you for listening. I have been uh, speculating on uh, Lethbridge Stewart's uh, origins with Ben.
1: And I have been um, studiously avoiding doing a Scottish accent um, during this podcast because that would be rude to Scots (laughs) people.
0: All right, well, goodbye. Bye.
1: What was your first memory of Doctor Who? The Zygons. Because my brothers would go, the Zygons are coming, the Zygons are coming. (laughs) Which absolutely... Poo poo lala myself. I'm popping behind the couch, or is it a sofa, or is it a settee? I don't know, but it was in the lounge slash living room slash front room, you know, best of a guess. Anyway, I was in behind the couch. Woo! The zygons are coming. (sighs) It's like I was back there.